You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome back to Strides Forward, the podcast of stories about women and running, told one woman at a time. This is episode two of our inaugural season, and the theme of this season is experiences in and around the Comrades Marathon. I am Cherie Louise Turner, your host and producer. Comrades is the oldest and largest ultra-distance foot race in the world. It's a 90-kilometer or roughly 56-mile road race that takes place each year in South Africa. The race turns 100 years old in 2021, and over 27,000 runners are registered for the 2020 event. In this episode, we hear the story of a comrade's first-timer. Hi, so my name is Anjali Saraudi, and I live in India in a city called Kolkata, I started running in 2015 November, and I ran the Comrades in 2017 June. Before getting into Anjali's story, I want to make sure that there's no confusion about race terms. Because while this event is called the Comrades Marathon, it isn't a marathon in the way that most people use this term. In almost all cases, when someone is talking about a marathon, they mean a race that's 26.2 miles or 42.2 kilometers long. The Comrades Marathon is an exception in this regard. And one final note about terms, because you'll hear the term half marathon used in this episode, that is referring to an event that is 13.1 miles or 21.1 kilometers, exactly half a marathon. Okay, now back to it. Now, in the previous episode, which features elite runner Devin Yanko, I discussed details about the Comrades course that give a broader context as to why this race is so challenging, beyond the fact that it's 90 kilometers long, which on its own is tough enough. Within telling Anjali's story, I'll take a closer look at the start line proceedings, a much-anticipated part of the Comrades. It's one of the many traditions that's unique to this event, and I'll get to more of those traditions throughout this series. It felt fitting to talk about the race start in this episode because Anjali's story is filled with firsts and beginnings. In addition to her being a first-timer at Comrades, she was really a first-timer to running at any distance. In fact, she was a first-timer to any realm of structured training and competition in any sport. By her own description, before she started running, Anjali had never been an athlete beyond some relatively regular jogging and yoga. But like many other casual runners, she had considered much more ambitious running goals. It was always in my bucket list that I want to run a marathon. And I was quite foolish back then. I didn't even know that a half marathon is not a marathon. So there was this half marathon which was happening in my city. And I just told my daughter, you know, I want to take part in this half marathon, but I don't have the confidence because I've never trained and I don't have the gear. 
and all the people who would be taking part would be you know train runners who have personal trainers who have the right shoes and they would have trained really hard so my daughter was very encouraging and she said that you have nothing to lose you should go try out if you can't run you can leave the race but at least you know you've tried so you'll be happy because it's something you want to do for yourself and she also told me mom you're going to win the race i said i have never run beyond maybe 7 8 kilometers ever and how am i going to win the race i don't even know how to run that distance so she said just go for it and on her insistence i uh, took part in the race and i did come third i did get a podium now getting a podium is a great high It was a great high and also a great surprise because when Anjali says she started running in November 2015, she doesn't mean she started running to prepare for this half marathon. She means she started running at this half marathon. I was uh, clueless as to uh, what is going to happen and what happens and what I'm going to do. I knew nothing about pacing. I didn't have gels. I was wearing my daughter's golfing t-shirt, collar t-shirt because I didn't even know that you wear different kind of clothes when you run, you know, special dry fit clothes. I was wearing her leggings and I was clueless. So I was out there just to enjoy the race and that's what I did. And I think because I had no pressure and I knew nothing about racing that I could really run with my heart and enjoy it. In addition to placing well, Anjali learned that she really enjoyed running the longer distance, and she decided she wanted to take running more seriously to see how fast she could get. So she set out to learn about running and training, but it wasn't easy. All my support was the internet, and I started reading up about running. I bought a few books because running is a fairly new sport in my country, and we don't have coaches in uh, Calcutta where I live. we do have many running clubs but we don't have any proper running coaches or anyone who is an authority or running who has experience about ultras or marathons and one can get guidance from so i had no one to turn to no one to ask uh, anything so it was all the net and the books that i could read that said during this time of discovery anjali soon experienced something all runners are familiar with she got injured But rather than become discouraged, in this downtime, she became inspired to make her running dreams even more ambitious. And this inspiration came from an unlikely place. It was from the member of an online women's forum that didn't have any particular link to running at all. One of the ladies out there, her name is Manju Patricia. She had attended a lecture given by Amit Sheikh on his book Dare to Run. Dare to Run is a book which talks about various races, including the Comrades. And because she knew I was very passionate about running, and since I couldn't run because I was down with my injury, she presented me this book and she said, "It's going to uplift you. You read it." And uh, I just think it was something supernatural because, because, because I barely knew her. She was just uh, just another person in the forum. But when I did get the book and I read it, I uh, I was taken to another world because I never knew that races like this existed. And that is when I made up my mind that you know I have to run this race someday. Uh, I had not even run a marathon then, but I knew that I would run the Comrades. So I wanted to run a marathon, 
and then the comrades. Now, to run comrades, you actually have to run a marathon, sometime between the fall and spring before the race. And the comrades, it usually takes place in June. When Anjali was qualifying, you had to run that marathon in under five hours. That time has now dropped to four hours, 50 minutes. For experienced distance runners, this isn't a particularly difficult marathon time goal. But for those new to the sport, this hurdle alone can be a challenge. And still, as wildly optimistic as it might have seemed to set her sights on running 90 kilometers before she'd even completed the marathon, Anjali was totally fixed on her comrade's goal. When I registered for the comrades, everybody around me, a lot of runners, told me that you'll never do it. Because ultramarathons are not popular in Calcutta. Well, back then they weren't. And uh, and I had never run that distance. And since Kolkata is flat, it was a very big challenge for me to train for, for the comrades because I don't have access to hills. So all the people around me told me that you'll never make it, you'll never be able to run this race. And what about closer to home? How did her family react? So my husband was very supportive because I made him read the book. but. Uh, but when I told my parents about it, my father was very upset, extremely upset. He thought I'd gone mad, and he thought I would die because he never heard of somebody running uh, 89 kilometers. The distance still scared him a lot. But uh, but I was so uh, passionate about running, and I was so uh, so insistent, and I was working so hard that my entire family changed their opinion and views and became extremely supportive towards my running and supported me in my training. Anjali ran her qualifying marathon in three hours, 32 minutes, an exceptional performance even for much more seasoned runners, and of course well within the comrades' qualifying standards. But an area that Anjali knew she'd need some help with at comrades was pacing, It's really common, especially in these longer-distance races, for runners, even experienced runners, to start too fast and end up paying for it later in the race. On the other hand, if you start out running too cautiously, you risk not reaching your time goal, and most runners at Comrades have a set goal time they're aiming for. So Anjali made a plan to run with a pace group, or what's called a bus at Comrades, even though there aren't any motor vehicles involved. A bus is a group of runners, all of whom have the same goal time in mind. They're led by a captain or a so-called bus driver, also known as a pacer. It's the bus driver's job to set a steady tempo that will get the runners in the bus to the finish line at the set goal time. Anjali chose to run with the bus that would finish in eight hours, 30 minutes. And while her marathon time was exceptional, 8.30 is an ambitious goal. But before she could even start, Anjali had to squeeze herself into the densely crowded staging area with the thousands of other runners, waiting in the dark of morning for the 5.30 a.m. start. And typically the South African local people are very tall and very big. Now, I'm very small, and it was soft, so I... um, I was very scared of being squashed and trampled. But nevertheless, I managed to squiggle through and make my way. 
and I was uh, sandwiched between the hundreds of South African people. All that was left before the running began was to enjoy those start line proceedings that comrades racers so look forward to. Hearing the South African national anthem, and then a famous South African call and response song, traditionally sung by gold and diamond miners. It's now considered a song of solidarity and is so popular, many consider it South Africa's second national anthem. in itself is an achievement, but then there's everything that happens at the start line, the atmosphere, there are 20,000 people all crammed together singing Shoshalosa, singing our national anthem, and then hearing that chariot of fire. It's a really, really special time, and it's a very... And after chariots of fire, just before the gun, is the cock's crow. This tradition dates back to 1948, when runner Max Trimborn belted out the crow while awaiting the start. It has been a tradition ever since. And it just starts from there, and then you will start running, and there are people who are cheering. The, everything is so overwhelming. You just want to soak in every moment, and you just want to enjoy and imprint every moment in your heart. Comrades will undoubtedly leave its imprint in ways both uplifting and devastating. Most runners hit at least one point of reckoning. This was beautiful. What the captain said is that we'll all cross the line holding hands, and we will all have the same finish time. But the race was very hard. It was much harder than what I had expected it to be. I had trained pretty much. Then again, uh, I don't think I had trained for as tough a race that it turned out to be. So there was this one time in the race when I could not run. And the bus driver, he had chosen a certain run-walk strategy. Now, I got very exhausted. And I could not keep up with the captain at a certain point. Now, every time that we would uh, go from our running to our walking, the captain would shout out, easy, easy. So I got on that if anybody wants to walk, they shout out, easy. And maybe the captain will uh, change the strategy and convert the pace into a walking pace. So because I was excessively exhausted and I didn't want to run, I kept nudging him to uh start walking. So I started screaming out easy when we were all running. He disregarded me many times. And there was this one time when he just stopped and he said, look, you need to get out of the bus. I said, why? So he said, you can't uh, slow the bus down and I can't jeopardize everybody's time because of you. So you leave the bus. So I didn't want to argue and I just stepped out of the bus and I started running, walking on my own. And I didn't care that I was not going to reach my desired time of 8 hours, 30 minutes, because I was cursing myself that why the hell did I come to this place? It's so difficult. I'm never going to make it. I'm just going to sit on the side and wait for the speeder bus to come and pick me up. 
so I was walking and just uh, muttering to myself. But strangely enough, very soon I started running, and I also caught up with the bus. And very soon I found myself back in the first line with the captain. And I realized that it was me who wanted to quit because I was not uh, wanting to push myself harder. But where it came to quitting, I didn't really quit. So I kept on, and because I kept on, and I was willing to embrace the pain, that I got back to where I wanted to be. And that is the beauty of this race, because it is more than a race. It is a salute to the spirit of mankind, and it is a journey of the heart. It is not something that you just take part in because you know it's just a race which is happening, and you want to be fit, so you train for it. And in the next few hours. We were all holding hands because the captain said this entire bus is going to cross the line at the same finish time because we'll hold hands and nobody will put their foot across the finish line before. And that's what we all did. And because I hadn't quit and I got back in the bus and I had followed his orders and left the bus and recuperated with the walk that I needed, that I I managed to run, catch up with the bus, eventually hold hands with all those people and cross the finish line. Anjali crossed the finish line with 60 other runners in her bus, all of whom clocked an impressive time of 8 hours, 38 minutes. This is the fastest time run by an Indian woman in the history of Comrades. And Anjali even had a little extra energy to show her appreciation to the bus captain. Well, I just uh, uh, jumped and I hugged him. He's a tall, huge guy. I'm tiny. He was in shock that what is this woman doing? But I didn't care. I was so happy that I had completed the race and in my target because 8 hours, 30 minutes and 8 hours, 38 minutes is the same thing when it's such a hard race. And I just went and gave him this big, huge hug. And I thanked him for helping me and for showing me the way. And I just thought to myself that what a commendable man this uh, guy is like the captain of our bus, because this guy, who was also breaking in pain and who was also suffering, refused to give in to his weaknesses. He refused to quit or be swayed by the distractions of other runners, people like me, who were pulling him down because he had to take care of so many more people. I feel that the comrade is about community and it's about a spirit that unites people. I just feel that if all of us can appreciate the fact that nothing comes easy, and that is what I learned from the comrades, and that is the spirit that I admired and I looked up to, and I was so fortunate that I uh, I had that experience, and I wanted to quit, and the captain taught me how I should not quit, and how if I don't quit, I will always be victorious. And that is why this race is also so special to me. Anjali continues to explore what pushing herself to excel in running long distances means to her. The thing is, I enjoy it so much that that I do suffer, but I enjoy the suffering. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing, but I feel so so good about myself because, because I feel stronger and I feel more tolerant, I'm more calm, I'm more peaceful. Because when I finish my run, I always feel that, yes, 
I'm a better person and I want to be the best version of myself that I can and I want to be a nicer person and I know that I can keep improving as a human being and I know if I keep running, I'll keep improving. I'll be a better mother, a better wife, a better friend, a better worker, a better everything. She also continues to be a better runner. Most recently, in November 2019, Anjali competed for India in the Asia and Oceania 100-kilometer championships in Jordan, where she was the fourth-placed woman and, with a finishing time of 9 hours 22 minutes, set an Indian national record for women in that distance. This concludes Anjali's story. You can learn more about this episode and about Strides Forward by visiting stridesforwardpodcast.com. I recommend several resources on the website that are related to women and running, and each episode after the story, like right now, I choose one of those resources to highlight. The recommended resource for this episode is the Fast Women Newsletter, which comprehensively covers highlights of women's competitive distance running with a heavy U.S. focus. And in this context, distance means longer track events all the way through to the marathon with a dose of some of the top news in ultra racing. This newsletter is thoughtful, smart, fair, and insightful, and is itself packed with resources every single week. There's also a Fast Woman Facebook group where you'll find a great community of runners. I welcome you to please stay in touch. You can reach me through the website, and I'm also active on Twitter under the name Strides Forward. I welcome all feedback, questions, and community-building efforts and suggestions. Thank you to Anjali Saroji for sharing her story. Getting in touch with Anjali was pure chance, and I am so thankful for her saying yes to an overseas interview with a total stranger. That's me. Before I'd even completely formed the concept of Strides Forward. Her story continues to amaze me. Thank you to Cormac O'Regan for the original music and sound design. And thank you to April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative for the logo and website design. You can find April at bonfirecollaborative.com. And absolutely thank you, the listener. I'm so thankful you're taking the time to go on this podcast journey. Please share and subscribe. I have many reasons for wanting to share these stories, and a big one is that women's approaches to sport aren't heard or explored enough. Let's work toward discovering more about how women navigate physical challenges and what strengths women bring to the world of sport. Until next time, this is Cherie wishing you satisfying strides forward. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. 
I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.